everyone. Welcome to Monday. Welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolf alongside. <laughs> what do you. What? Oh, five, 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 five. five. Yep, five. yep. Lakers yeah. needed to like win in lost. order to keep just... with Nick's prediction of five, 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 mm, five. Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall, sweep. They're not rude, Kevin Jenna. Wiles. They don't want to actually sweep right, anybody. Well... <laughs> gentlemen sweep everybody. They want, That's all. They want to the do idea. it like gentlemen. If you're gonna sweep, yeah. you may you as well do it like a true gentleman. All right. In we'll, trouble. We'll get to that in, in a trouble. second. In trouble. We got to start with the marquee game on the gridiron. This weekend, let's start in Dallas. This one all over the place. Cowboys Browns, Dak threw for 500 yards for the first time and added four touchdowns. But what does Brandon tell you? Turnovers will kill you, and Dallas had three of them. Dak and Zeke fumbled on back-to-back -back plays in the first half, and Browns scored touchdowns off both of them. Cleveland jumped out to a monstrous lead. Cowboys mounted the comeback. But Dak picked off by Denzel Ward to end it and seal it. Cowboys lose. They fall to one and three with the loss. Here is quarterback Dak Prescott after the game. I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've got all the confidence in this team. Each unit that we have, I see the way that we prepared throughout the week. So, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, just it doesn't make sense and it doesn't add up right now. But as I said before, I believe in the men that we have, uh, the, the great leaders and coaches that we have that, that, that we'll have it fixed. Each unit shows up? Is that including the defense, Dak Prescott? Brandon, yeah, right. how worried should Cowboys, <laughs> Cowboys fans be after yesterday's loss to Cleveland? I mean, they should be, they should be extremely worried. And, and I don't know why Dak is uh, surprised, because at this point in the season, you know the trends. And, and, and right now, they have two alarming trends, and we've been tracking them for the last couple weeks. Turnovers and big plays. It's as simple as that. You know, every time we walk into a team meeting room, all coaches across the, the nation, they put up all these statistics and different stats that we need to track. If we're good in these areas, we can possibly have a good team. So when you look at the turnovers, and we can start there, they're number one in the league, giving up nine uh, turnovers uh, with, you know, these first four games. Uh, when you look at uh, where they're at with uh, the turnover differential, they're, 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 they're giving up seven. They're minus seven. That's terrible. They cannot expect to win if they're terrible in those categories. And they're also giving up 45 points off of the turnovers. And then you go to big plays. Maybe they need to call Earl Thomas to fix this. But when you look at the big plays, they're giving up 20. They gave up 20 big plays in four games. 20. 20 big plays. That's alarming. And then when you look at 20 big plays for touchdowns, 20 yards, that's number one in the league. Uh, big plays, touchdowns of over 40 yards, that's number one in the league. The only good thing they have going for themselves right now is the division. The division is messy. And then also, Dak Prescott's playing really well. So they got to clean up those two trends. They're alarming. Turnovers and big plays, if they do that, they'll have a chance yeah. to get back in this thing because the division is extremely bad. Right. They'll have a chance because they're in the JV division and because one win leads the division. But how should Cowboys fans feel? They should feel embarrassed. The only people who be, should be more embarrassed than Cowboys fans and players on the Cowboys defense are dopes on television who picked this fraudulent team to go to the Super Bowl. I'm, one of them's talking to you right now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> 
I mean, this Cowboys team, every week, they look defensively like they all just met each other. Like it's pickup backyard football. And it's like, oh, you had deep. I thought I had deep. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> and I'm hesitant to blame the coordinator for a couple reasons. One is, I, I, I haven't checked, but I'm certain it's somewhere in Brandon's career. Mike Nolan was a coach for one of his teams. So I got to be, I, am I right on that, Brandon? Did you and Mike Nolan cross paths? You are. That's somewhere you are, in your football you, lives? Twice. Twice. Miami Dolphins and, and uh, the I knew it. I can't crush these coaches anymore because Brandon played for all of them. So that's a little frustrating. You can crush Mike them. Nolan, like the him. Cowboys newest, uh, the Cowboys' newest defensive coordinator. He hasn't coordinated a good defense in his, in his entire NFL career that didn't have Ray Lewis starting a middle linebacker. I mean, that's just the reality. Look at the resume. So it, it, they're, not, they're not being coached up. They get no pass rush. They're addicted to trailing. They've trailed by 15-plus in each of their last three games. The one game they didn't trail by that much, they lost anyway. And I just wilds. This is a bad football team with a quarterback that's playing really well, which is great considering the fact he's the one guy on your team not locked up long term. The best thing you have going for you <laughs> is the one thing you don't know how much longer you're going to have it going for you. It's, I mean, it's bad news in Dallas right now, Wilds. Yeah, the only thing that Dak is doing better than throwing the ball is his, uh, his post-game press conference. When he's up there being like, oh, you know, you know, we're, we, are, we expect to turn it around. We expect to turn it around. I would be going bonkers, Brandon. Like, guys, I don't know if you yeah. see your buddy uh, Dak Prescott, but he's doing his thing out there. It's not my fault we've been down by yep. 7, 20, 15, and 27, and I'm leading comebacks. He's first in completions. He's thrown for 1,690 yards. He's thrown for nine touchdowns. And the idea that we're putting Dak Prescott up there, like, let's see what Dak has to say. Got nothing to do with Dak. Yeah, he got one Miles Garrett strip sack. It's like, oh, it's Miles Garrett. He's going to get that done. The idea that you're blaming, or, or, or he's even mentioned in the same category as this dreadful Dallas defense is like as if your house was on fire and the fireman came over like ah what's up with the air conditioning like well nothing's up with the air conditioning like looks awful <laughs> hot is there anything wrong with the air conditioning there's nothing yeah. wrong with the air conditioning the house is on fire it has yeah. nothing to do with Dak the defense looks dreadful and I know I know you got friends around the league and I know that we think Earl Thomas is going to come in here like a magician and stop these like dreadful performances Brandon but I think the problems run deeper than that yeah, I mean, so Nick, great job pointing out that that I uh, played for Coach Nolan. And one of the things that, you know, was frustrating playing for him in Denver was the big play. And I don't know if I articulated this well enough earlier, but when you give up 20 uh, 20 yard plays that's that's alarming and then it also those other two categories that I that I uh, mentioned earlier as well 20 yard uh, touchdowns six touchdowns. leading the NFL and 40 yard touchdowns leading the NFL with three that's alarming so coach Nolan needs to fix that one of the things that makes his defense special is the different looks that he throws at you but it can also it can confuse a younger uh, uh, defensive back segment group so they got to clean this clean this up right away because they're still Brandon, in this the division. That's the nicest division. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's the, that's <laughs> the nicest thing I've ever here's, heard. Wilds, oh, Wilds, here's the, yeah. here's the more blunt way to put it. All NFL teams break their seasons up into quarters. We are now through the first quarter. The yeah. Cowboys defense flunked the class. They get a giant okay. blaring in big letters but, F, see me after class but, on their grade card but, for the first quarter of the season defensively. That's who they've been, Jenna.
But can I just jump in here? How lucky are they that they are living in a cushion called the NFC East because they right now, You're even right. though they are losing, could easily be winning. This thing can get flipped around quickly. All right, we'll talk about the Brown side of things in a little That's bit. Right. Take a turn, though, and talk some basketball. Jimmy Butler put up tremendous numbers in the Heat win over the Lakers. Should LeBron be nervous? Should Nick be nervous? Am I nervous? I think I'm nervous. Oh, it's first back. things first. Oh, the nervous question nervous? is back. I yep. missed it. First things first is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. Week five of the NFL is on its way, and we are entering our fantasy lineups on FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. No deposit required. And this year, FanDuel is now offering daily snake drafts. I couldn't be more excited. Snake drafts are the simplest way to try daily fantasy. Draft live just like season-long fantasy, but with winners every game day. The best of seasonal drafting with DFS all in one. How it works. Find a daily snake draft. Draft your team live. Draft starts as soon as the contest fills. You and your opponents will draft six players in a six-round draft with 30 seconds per pick. Unlike other FanDuel contests, there is no salary cap. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com FTF or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel.com FTF. FanDuel. More ways to win. So much. For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, home might also be where you do your hiring. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. No matter where you're hiring from, ZipRecruiter does the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, First Things First listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com approach that's ZipRecruiter.com slash approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Let's talk. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now, it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. 
That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. Last night's NBA Finals. Game three, let's get it together, Jenna. The Heat already down 0-2 in the series. Also down two starters, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic. Jimmy Butler did not care. He carried the Heat. 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. Miami wins game three, 115-104. They climb right back into the series. Here is Jimmy Butler on his takeaway from the win. Everybody remembers winning. That's it. I don't care how many points you score. I care if you, you win or loss. Um, and for us, we're all about winning. We are. I say it all the time. I mean it. Um, the guys that we have, the group that Coach Pat and Coach Bo put together, it's always to win, nothing else. So I hope the next game I score zero and y'all talk all y'all want to talk and we win so I can come up here and say the same thing. I know how resilient that bunch is and how resilient their coaching staff is and, and their their franchise. So, um, you know, I don't um, ever feel like we, we went into it and, and haven't, um, you know, let our guard down or, um, and also I don't, I don't feel like we're concerned. Uh, we're not concerned. We know we can play a lot better. I mean, we have another opportunity to uh, take a command and lead on, on Tuesday. So um, you really had opportunity. All right, Nick, I know you predicted a gentleman sweep here. I know you said this would go five games, but being down two star players, are you surprised that Miami Heat were able to play the way they did and beat uh, the Lakers last night? No. They, listen, they, the Lakers let their guard down. I'm a little surprised, and I will give the Heat credit. I thought the Heat, because the bubble is so odd and because guys, I think, really do at this point want to get home to their families and because the Heat know they can't win the series, I thought there was a chance they packed it in. But that's not who the Miami Heat are. That's not who Jimmy Butler is. And I want the audience to understand no. what Jimmy Butler did last night. That was one of the greatest finals games ever by a player who's not an wow. all-time great player if that makes sense. So if you remove Michael and Shaq and LeBron and, and Duncan, like the all-time, call it the top 20 guys of all time, this goes up there with some of the best finals performances we've ever seen by a guy who is not a pantheon guy. He was the best player on the court last night in a game with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And in regards to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Brandon, Listen, LeBron was wildly sloppy with the ball in the first and the fourth quarters, and AD slept walked through the game. Can't take three shots in the yeah. paint and get to the free throw line once. It just can't happen. So it was a bad game by the Lakers. Luckily for them, it, it, they have followed their losses this postseason with a six-game winning streak, a four-game winning streak, and a six-game or and a a six-game winning streak, a four-game winning streak, and a six-game winning streak. I think something along those lines, or six, four, and four. And they only need to follow this one with a two-game winning streak, which they will. Yeah. They'll win tomorrow, and they'll go up 3-1. But Jimmy deserves a ton of credit. LeBron was sloppy with the ball. And AD didn't play like it was a finals game, to be totally candid. Yeah, yeah, Nick. When we preview uh, the finals, there was two players I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch the hottest offensive player in the bubble and the hottest defensive player in the bubble. Neither played last night. Bam, due to injury, and AD, I mean, I, I don't know what, what his deal was. 15 points, nine, uh, five boards. I mean, that's just unacceptable. And to your point, you know, it, it, to 
Like, his, his energy and his approach was like he was just playing in a, a preseason game. They need to correct that ASAP. But when you look at Jimmy Butler, it's almost like he, he embraces inner LeBron James. And what I mean by that is LeBron can score at will in the paint. Jimmy Butler looked like he was a man amongst boys out there just doing whatever he wanted in the paint, lowering his shoulder, backing people down, uh, just totally unstoppable. But I think for them, the defining moment started before the season. Jimmy Butler brings a tenacity, a leadership, an energy that no other player can bring to that organization. And Camp, the Heat are known for, you know, one of the hardest conditioning tests in, tests in all the sports. He failed that conditioning test. And what did he do the next day and the days to follow? He got up every morning at 4.30, and he started to work by himself until his team started to come in. That was a, that was a trickle-down effect. And that mentality, you can see it resonate not only with the, with the players but also the coaches. Jimmy Butler is a dog, and he needs to be respected. I think people respect him. I, I don't think they have enough for the finals, but definitely we need to talk about this guy because he's doing a tremendous job. Yeah, Nick, I, I still think the Heat have a small chance. Am I going to come up here and have a like a miniature they parade because no they won a game? No. But they've yeah. got a small chance. they got a small chance. No chance. Lakers missed 28 threes. We know they can run cold. They went 0 for 13 at one point in game two. And they turned the ball over 19 times. And somebody, we're going to go blind reveal time, <laughs> Nick. A little trivia contest on uh, first things first. Everybody get your pencils out at home. Two players last night. Anthony Nick, who do you Davis, think we Kelly got Olenek. here? Take your best Anthony guess. Anthony oh, Davis oh, and Kelly Olynyk. How did you is my know guess. that? That is because the it was a big story Anthony, that Olynyk had 17 Anthony points. Anthony Davis and yeah. Kelly Olynyk. It's not a good <laughs> yeah. sign when the person that you're talking about being the Finals MVP gets their biggest highlight from high fiving themselves on the sidelines. He needs he to show it. up. I actually think. It, it was a good sign for LeBron and I, that it's like, ah, AD doesn't show up. It's obviously my team. I feel like LeBron takes the lead in the horse race for finals MVP, Nick. Do you think this hurts Anthony Davis's overall finals MVP chances? That's good. Oh, yeah. They pro Listen, LeBron was already in the lead, but this probably killed it. I mean, for Anthony Davis, you can't have a 15. The, okay. Listen, you're only allowed to have a 15-point game in the finals and win finals MVP if you're getting it for guarding LeBron James. That's how Iggy got it. That's how Kawhi Leonard got it. But in general <laughs> rules, you can't have that type of game win finals MVP. We know the rules. But I'm going to tell you two quotes, yeah, Brandon, both of which that I think are going to be a problem for the Heat. One is Jimmy Butler late in the fourth quarter saying, quote, you're in trouble. Now, after the game, he was like, oh, no, 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 LeBron said it he to me responding. first. So yeah, it, it, was, it was just me responding, okay, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> You're in trouble. Okay, let's see how that, come, how that plays in game four. And after the game, LeBron, and we played this oh. sound, a very nonchalant, we're not concerned. That's a first cousin of when they were playing the Raptors years ago when he said, I have faced adversity in my career. This ain't it. LeBron Sorry. James is still, he is still confident enough that he is live tweeting Browns Cowboys leading up to Jenna, Game 3 Jenna, of the NBA why, Finals. Jenna, that's why he walked so off the court, I don't think huh? Game 4 is going to be a problem. I want to, I, he was so confident, Nick, that before the game was even <laughs> over, LeBron James was like, uh, I'm oh, just about so done dumb. here. Final this 10 seconds so ticked off the clock. <laughs> LeBron just just walks off the court. Started heading to the locker room. Well, he got asked about yeah. it afterwards. Take a listen to this. 
Yeah, LeBron, when you walked off the court with about 10 seconds left, was that frustration or did you think the game was over? Uh, both. <laughs> That's honest. Yeah. That's honest. That's LeBron honest, didn't Nick. Know the game Nick was That's over. an issue. In time management. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Was LeBron walking off? Was it something or nothing last night? This is so dumb. And we can't, you can't see it because we've got that bar on the bottom. <laughs> the, official, the official clock went to zeros, and it was a clock malfunction. They had to put .7 back on it. By that point, LeBron's gone. This is people who are like, oh, you know, what about, it's like Isaiah Thomas against the Bulls. That was the end of the series, and no. a, a bleep you to the Bulls. No. That what, Brandon? This is so no, you dumb. Stay. This is this not is a, a big, thing. This is a this, this is a big this is a, this is a thing. And you know what? It reminds me of the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals when he was playing against oh the my, Orlando Magic, and he walked off the court <laughs> and he didn't shake their hands. This is bad. This is not the LeBron James we know. He's too good of a leader to do this. Uh, he, he's they, in trouble, guys. The game, game was over. The Get, clock went to zero. Set for tomorrow night. You guys are making yeah. sure. Get back to the sure. NFL. Hey, talk some OBJ who had himself a few OMG moments. So the Browns legit contenders Woo. all of a sudden. First things first. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Back here talking Ooh. yesterday's shootout in Dallas. Browns, Cowboys, and Odell Beckham Jr. finally had himself the type of game we always knew he was capable of. Three touchdowns, including that insane 50-yard reverse that he took to the house for the Cowboys' final score. Browns win. Cowboys lose. They fall to 1-3. and three, But Cleveland improves to 3-1 and one for the first time since 0-1. Here is OBJ on his breakout performance. All I can say is it's tatted on my neck. Um, I am who I am. I've, I haven't stopped being that um, last year was the injury and, and this year I feel good and I just want to like I said I just want to be able to help this game um, I get choked up about it because it means that much to me uh, and I put my heart and my soul into this that's why you see the emotions on my sleeve it's because I care that much um, and like I keep saying I just want to be able to help in any way Brandon let's start mm. with you what did you make of Odell's day yesterday well, first of all, last night, uh, yesterday, reminded me that he's the greatest athlete that I've ever been around. I had an opportunity to play for the New York Giants, and he was my teammate. And I walked into the weight room one day, and he was doing some pull-ups. And then he dropped from the pull-up bar down into a one-handed push-up. And I said, oh, my goodness, his body control is insane. Then we went to the practice field, and we had like 10 80-yard sprints. And he, out, he outran every single uh, uh, player on the field. I said, this guy's just different. So it's been like a year since we've seen this explosive Odell. And he reminded me, I think he reminded everyone how good he is. But when you think about his day, if I'm here, I'll, I'll be pissed off. I, I, I mean, do wow. we really have to go through all the trick plays and the gadgets to get this guy involved? You got to think about this. On the offensive side, you may have 60, 70 plays. Defensive side, you have 60, 70 plays. Special teams, you may have 30 plays. So you're looking at, what, uh, 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 almost 100 and something, 180 plays a game? Think about that. If you're the best player on the team, most athletic player in the NFL, and you have three to four times that you get an opportunity to impose your will, 
that is frustrating. If I'm Odell, I'm ticked off because I'm saying it takes all of this to show you guys that I can help. As a wide receiver, we get a bad rep. Everybody looks at us like, oh, man, they're asking for the ball. They're me, 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 guys. But at the end of the day, we just don't know how to communicate. All we're trying to say is if you get me the ball, I can help the team win. We need to have like some type of communication, difficult conversation type class where they can teach us how to communicate. Because That's all we're trying to say. Look what he did yesterday, but he is getting paid to catch the ball and not run the ball. Before I even give my take, Wilds, I feel like you have a question or a few to ask Brandon. So I'm going to cede my original time to you, Kevin Wilds, okay. because I can tell from the look <laughs> on your you. face you want to delve deeper into this. Go ahead, Wilds. Yeah, so Brandon, I think that's what was happening. Like if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I'm watching this show, I'm like, ah. Brandon Marshall's going to be happy I got Odell the ball. You're like, I'd be mad if it was me. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do, buddy? I'm giving the ball. I got Jarvis Landry yeah. throwing the ball. Are you upset about the Jarvis right. Landry one or the, or the end around that was almost a loss? Let's look at Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen a week ago had 19 targets. Odell is probably the – we can easily say Odell's the best wide receiver in the NFL. We can't get him more targets. Think about that. Uh, I said it a couple weeks ago. All we got to do is some – Quick screens to him, some bubbles, some jailbreak screens, some alley screens. That's a that's is an that opportunity for this guy Baker, to take Brandon? the ball. It's it's both. It's both. But if it's Baker, Baker, you mean to tell me Baker can't throw a a, a bubble screen, a one step uh, a one uh, step slant, a smoke screen? Get this guy the ball. And you can see what what he can do with it once he has it. But I think huh. Odell, if if I'm him, I'm walking in and saying, Coach, come on. Give me more. Open up. Open up the playbook just a little bit for me because I, this is what I can do. Well, and it's I, – I, I think I, – I understand the point, which is the two – the three biggest plays Odell made all had one thing in common. None of them were passes from the quarterback. It was two runs – Two trick plays, and one of them was a pass from Jarvis Landry. And that's not sustainable, and that shouldn't be how you, the things you have to do against a defense this bad to get the ball in the, your best player's hands. So I totally understand where Brandon's coming from, that even though it worked out, it could cause some long-term frustration. But however it happened, I'm glad it happened for a number of reasons. One of them's about Odell, but the other is also, if I'm being totally honest, about his former team. I'm old enough to remember that Odell Beckham was the problem with the Giants. He was the distraction. He was the kicking nets and the interviews and all of this nonsense that folks blamed the Giants losing on instead of being like, well, Dave Gettleman's built a terrible team. Odell Beckham Jr. yesterday scored as many touchdowns as the New York Giants have scored all year long. So I hope the culture's better. I hope the sidelines are a little quieter and calmer. Meanwhile, your team is terrible, your offense is awful, <laughs> and your quarterback has no legitimate number one receiver to throw to because he got rid of the best receiver in the history of your franchise. So that's first of all. Second of all is this. <laughs> it's a good reminder that even though Odell has had Eli Manning and Baker Mayfield as his career quarterbacks, even though he had one year lost totally to injury and another year where he's dinged up throughout, on a per-game basis, show the numbers. He's as productive as any receiver we've ever seen. Here is his production through 79 games. That's NFL history. The third most catches, the second most yards, and top 10 in touchdowns.
That is through 79 games, NFL history. So, Brandon, it's been uh, once upon a time whenever I was asked who the best receiver in football is, I would say Odell Beckham Jr. It's been hard to make that case the last few years because the, produc the production isn't there. But yesterday was a reminder yeah. that his skill set, even at under six feet tall, is unlike almost any other receiver in the league, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, this is why I say this is this could be a huge problem for him because it, it just reminds me of my time going from the Denver Broncos to the Miami Dolphins. In Denver, I was coming off three back-to-back back seasons where I caught 100, 100 catches. And then I go to Miami, and we're running a Wildcat, and I'm the first year I have 87 catches, 82 catches. Then the second year I'm on target to hit another 80-something catch, have another 80-something catches. And Coach Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator at the time, who's now the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, come to me and say, Brandon, I know how I can get you involved. He said, I got this, this amazing package. We're going to run three reverses to you. I said, what? I said, Coach, I get paid to catch the ball, <laughs> not run the ball. Save that. I said, Coach, you got to figure out a way to get me the ball. Throw me a quick screen. Throw me a one-step slant. And then let me do what I do best, and that's run with it after the catch. So this could be a problem. Yes, he scored a couple touchdowns. Yes, he made some, uh, some big plays. But you heard him. This means a lot to him to help out his team, number one. It means a lot to him to show the world that he is one of the greatest receivers to ever do it. So they need to figure this out right now. But they are doing good. But this is, a, this is a problem that can blow up in their face. Okay, Brandon, uh, the Dallas secondary is sort of like an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's, you, know, you don't treat it like your normal yeah. diet. It's like, oh, I'll just go, let's have everything. Let's do reverses. Let's have Jarvis Landry. I'll have more, uh, more crab legs. It doesn't matter. Now, next week, yeah. they've got, like, the staunch Colts defense. The Colts are giving up 159 yards per game, period. They gave up 77 yards uh, rushing, 159 yards passing. So how many targets do you want Odell to have next week? I mean, Odell should have oh. at least 12 targets a game, at least. Okay. I mean, that's the minimum, okay. all right? And what they need to do to win that game, they need to rely on the rushing, the, the, the running offense, and then also take shots with Odell, then get them involved early in the quick game. That's what they need to do. Okay. All right, well, you know who else had a wondrous Sunday yesterday afternoon? One Tom Brady. Bucks did something yesterday they just couldn't do last year. We'll talk about that next. First things first. Thursday night football returns to Fox. Brady and the Bucks meeting up with Super Bowl 52 rival Nick Foles and the Bears. Bucks and Bears and Bears and Bucks Thursday night on Fox NFL Network and streaming on Prime Video. Speaking of the Buccaneers, they were tested yesterday, falling behind to the Justin Herbert-led Chargers 24-7 in the second quarter. Bruce Arians said this was the type of game they would lose last year. Not this year. Brady kept his team in it. He threw five touchdowns, and he led his 46th career game-winning drive in the fourth quarter or overtime. The guy still has it. Brady and the Bucks get the win. Our Monday morning quarterback, Mike Vick, is here with us. All right, Mike, is this the Tom Brady we should expect to see every week moving forward now? Absolutely. This is the Tom I expect to see. This is the, the norm uh, that we're going to get from Tom Brady uh, for the next 12 games of the season. I mean, when you have a game like yesterday uh, and 
usually around week three or week four uh, for any quarterback, if you're having some type of success, that ball starts to feel a little different. The pocket presence uh, starts to show up. Uh, like the t downfield throws yesterday, they started to show up. And, you know, it wasn't just Tom yesterday. It, it, was, it was the run game. It was uh, the receiving corps. You know, everybody playing a part. But, uh, you know, as, as time goes on and the more games you play, the more snaps you get, the better you get. And uh, I know from firsthand experience because it's usually around this time when we just start to feel good about uh, anything that's thrown at us, any defense that's put in front of us. Uh, and it just makes the game a lot easier. So, um you know, rhythm is everything, and I feel like Tom had that rhythm yesterday, even though they had to come from behind uh, to get the win. It still does a lot for your confidence, but at the end of the day, it's all about mojo, and it's all about bravado, and I think Tom had that okay. yesterday. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, I, I don't know about you guys, but one of the most difficult things that I've ever had to do was plan a wedding and then move into the new house. And, 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 and I think that's what we're seeing here. You know, we, we, Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, they're settling in. They made it through the wedding. It's, it's, it's stressful. You know, they're settled in the house. They got all the furniture in place. And, and now they're ready to roll. You saw Tom Brady comfortable. And we can't talk about the Bucks without talking about the most important thing, and that's their offensive line. Tristan Wirfs is playing like an all-pro, and he's a rookie. And then the three interior guys, uh, uh, you got... You got Cap, you got Jensen, and you got and you got Marp. Like these guys are playing lights out. They may be the best interior offensive line in the National Football League right now. Nobody knows who they are, so you can't talk about the Bucks without talking about the protection that Brady's getting. It's specifically in that second half of last game, you can see them really gel together. I don't know about all this talk about these aging quarterbacks. I know Nick Wright is probably going to go there, but you know I play with 18 <laughs> quarterbacks. And three of them had the same type of noodle arms that everyone's talking about with Tom Brady. You got, uh, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, who was able to be successful at times because of his smarts. You got Chad Pennington, who was able to be successful because of time. He had like three, four shoulder sur surgeries. And then the last person that I played with, Kyle Orton at quarterback, and Josh McDaniels made him successful. So when you think about quarterbacks and, and aging quarterbacks, I would rather take uh -huh. them over a rookie or a young gun who doesn't have the experience because an 85% Tom Brady is better than 95% of these quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay. I'm by that. Oh, man. Now I got to be the guy. <laughs> You're right, Brandon. 85% Tom Brady is better than 95% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Unfortunately, the last time we saw 85% Tom Brady was 2018. Last year, we saw about 65% Tom Brady, and we'll see what we see this year. Now, I'm going to pull the curtain back on the show a little bit here, okay? I consider Mike Vick a dear friend. He's been incredibly kind to me on and off the air. And he's never told me this, but I can tell this. Every time Brady comes up and I say something bad about him, it bothers Mike. Mike kind of winces. I make little jokes about him getting suspended for cheating. Yeah, Mike shakes his does. head. Mike, yeah. as a guy, I know it does. We've never talked about it. I know it does because you've played the position. You know how hard it is, and you have immense respect 
for how long he's done it and how high of a level he's done it. So I understand that. And Brandon, as he just mentioned, he's played with 18 quarterbacks. He's got bad quarterback PTSD. So anytime he sees even semi-decent <laughs> quarterback plays, like, man, that would be amazing if I could have dealt with it. I, nobody can talk badly about how Brady played yesterday. Aside from the pick six, he was brilliant. Nobody can deny that. But I will sit here and say, if you think we are getting anywhere close to that level of quarterback play over the remainder of the season, I think you are setting yourself up for massive disappointment. This was, if you look at his level of play over the last three years, this was the aberration. This was the outlier game, and it started with the Chargers shooting themselves in the foot with that goal line fumble right before the half, and it snowballed from there. So Wilds, I know you went into the year saying you don't care about Brady, you don't care about the Bucks. I don't know if I believed you then. I'm yeah. curious what you're going to say here, but I feel like there is going to be irrational optimism because this is a bit of Michael Jordan's first 30-point game with the Wizards, and it's like, oh, maybe he's still got it. No, he doesn't. And so I, that's that's my take on it, and maybe I'll end up being the biggest yeah. Tom Brady hater in the world, but I don't think we're going to see anything close to this moving forward in the season, Wilds. Okay, Jordan averaged 20 points in both seasons with the Wizards. He did pretty good for being 40 years old. Yeah. Um, Mike, I have a question for you. This is the two weeks in a row Brady has thrown the ball 40-yard bombs. He hadn't done that since week one last year with the Patriots. Then he sort of like regressed, and we saw Aaron Rodgers have sort of a tale of two seasons. First half of the year last year was good. Last half was bad. They're like, eh, maybe he's sort of the arm. We've seen Drew Brees have these like big throws, but it's actually like yeah. little dumps of Kamara, and Kamara runs for 60 yards. So the question for you is this, and I know you didn't play until you were 40, but you played, you know, when you're a little bit older. Is there a certain point as the season gets later where you're like almost like a baseball pitcher where it's like, ah, my arm is wearing down, or is that just a media creation? It's a media creation. Uh, I don't think Tom Brady at this age uh, really needs to be on the pitch count. His arm looks like this. It's intact. It looks strong. He can make all the throws uh, all across the field, which is extremely important. But, you know, as quarterbacks, you know, throughout the season, we have uh, a ton of arm exercises that we do to keep our arm in shape. And uh, with the strength and conditioning coaches and, and the trainers that we have around, Ooh, they make sure that they exercise. get us um, so that we can uh, keep our arms in shape because we're throwing every day. It's a lot of a lot of tread that we put on our arms and uh, we got to make sure we take care of them. So icing is important, and, and we do all the little things. So I don't think that'll be a factor um, in terms of how Brady progresses during the season. I think it's arm strength to be there throughout. Yeah, one of the things that I, I, that's never a part of the conversation is, is science and, and, and modern medicine. Like back in the day, yes, uh, uh, you know, it's an outlier for you know a quarterback to play into his 40s or even to his mid-30s or any player for that matter. Uh, but Tom Brady knows how to take care of himself, and we never talk about that. Nowadays, whether you're a basketball player, football player, tennis player, hockey, it doesn't matter. If you can't play well into your late 30s, then that's on you because you haven't taken care of your body. And then another thing that you got to look at, Nick, is when you go back to 2017-2018, Tom Brady didn't have Mike Evans rolling down the right side of the field where he can just throw the ball up. That bomb that you're talking about, Kevin, that wasn't on Tom Brady. It wasn't a great throw. But what happened? 
Mike Evans was able to come down with the ball. He made a, a hell of a, play, a hell of a uh, catch. Same thing with Gronk. He didn't have Gronk last year. Gronk running down the seam on the right side was able to make a hell of a catch. And then you had Howard wide open. He didn't have to do anything. That was a great pass by Tom. So you got to think about those things when we're talking about Tom Brady and the success that he can or can't have this year. All right. I don't listen. I don't know if we have any Mike Vick highlights queued up. But Wilde's asking Michael Vick about arm strength no, is such saying. a ridiculous setup because, it's listen, Wilde, it's a one-of-one. Yeah. One. <laughs> this, guy, this guy is flicking it just with his wrist 70 yards downfield in a tunnel. And you're like, well, exactly. He could, no, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying, I understand why you would ask him, but this is, uh, to me, I, Brandon earlier mentioned Chad Pennington. That might be a more fair question, person to answer that question. And while I understand okay. that for Mike, the arm strength never left him. <laughs> if, you, if folks are watching Brady and thinking he's got the same arm he used to, they're watching a different Tom Brady than me. And I do think it is fair to ask the question you asked, Wilds, which is, at his age, is it going to get better over the course of the year? Is it going to maintain over the course of the year? Or is it going to get worse? Listen, I'm but not he here to but hate it, on Tom Brady need. after the best game he's had in five in four years. But I, I just don't think it's sustainable, Brandon. Yeah, but, but we're, we're thinking too much on the physical is more mental. Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and even going back to Mark Trust, uh, Coach Trustman in Chicago, they were the first people to make me realize that the quarterback position is 80% mental. Like literally, you can have a noodle arm, yep. you may not be able to run, but if you understand what the defense is doing, if you can get your guys in position, you can be successful. Look at Josh McCown. Yeah, Josh McCown is an athlete, but does he have the best arm? Is he the most talented no but he's super smart and his work ethic is second to none so that's what I think about when I think about Tom Brady is his experience and how he take care of his body but it's more mental than it is physical Nick to me and to add to that uh, Wednesday Thursday Friday in season you don't you're not throwing the ball as much as you would in the training camp or in the OTA uh, or the summertime so he's not you know physically not throwing the ball around <clears throat> As, as much as he would, um, you know, under, you know, in the springtime or in the summertime. Uh, right now is, is, is more of just going to practice, you know, warming up, you know, making, making some throws and then getting up out of there. So, you know, as opposed to probably throwing the ball, uh, you know, 70, 80 times in the training camp, it's probably 30, 40 times uh, in, a, in, a, in a normal practice setting. And Jenna, I don't want to be the contrarian, so I want to end this show with an agreement. Brandon, or this segment, Brandon, I also think of Josh McCown when I watch 43-year-old Tom Brady. We agree. Mike, stick around. Is it Brandon, panic time for the Cowboys can. after stumbling to a one and three start? Next, first things first. Mm. Vic is ready to go. Back here with Mike Vick. All right, Mike, we're talking some Cowboys and Browns yesterday. It was a rough afternoon for that Dallas defense. Uh, Dak Prescott did his part. 500 yards, four touchdowns. A supercharged Browns team jumped out to an early lead. Cowboys did mount a pretty good comeback, but their three turnovers proved too costly. Cowboys fall to one and three. Here is Dak Prescott after the loss. 
I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've got all the confidence in this team. Each unit that we have, I see the way that we prepared throughout the week. So, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, it just it doesn't make sense and it doesn't add up right now. But as I said before, I believe in the men that we have, uh, the, the great leaders and coaches that we have that, that, that we'll have it fixed. Michael Vick, thank goodness the Cowboys play in the NFC least. How worried should Cowboys fans feel after their team dropped to one and three uh, after that loss to Cleveland yesterday? Mm -hmm. Well, you always should be worried when you're one and three because you're digging yourself in a hole that's going to be at some point impossible to get out of. Um, so you, you should be, they should be discouraged um, to that standpoint. But I think they should also be encouraged because you got the Giants coming up this week. Um, you can almost count that as a win if they don't fall behind. <laughs> um, but when you when, when you show that you can, the one thing we know about the Dallas Cowboys now is that they can score points and they can come from behind. Um, you know, it's not always the ideal situation, but it's the situation that they've been finding themselves in uh, for the last three or four weeks. And, you know, it's like, Watching that game yesterday, I, I mean, I could just see deja vu happening all over again, and I'm looking at that and just um, feeling bad for him because, you know, it's not his fault. He's doing everything right. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He has his mishaps. But there are some bright spots at times throughout the course of the game, and, uh, you know, I just hate to see him having to battle and come from behind because, you know, the quarterback gets the brunt of the blame for everything, and uh, we have to – strictly point the finger at the defense right now and, and hope things get better, Yeah, um, you know, starting this week. So, yeah, man, I, I mean, they should be encouraged because they can score points and come from behind, and that's always a plus. They should absolutely be encouraged if they own themselves in fantasy because the Cowboys' offense been lighting the world on fire. A lot of garbage time, a lot of soft defenses, a lot of, a lot of easy yardage. Dak had threw for 500 yesterday. Over half of that came in the fourth quarter. Here is the number, though, that should be terribly discouraging, Brandon. Two, that is the number of pass attempts Dak Prescott has this year while ahead. Think about that. He has thrown two passes all year what? while in the lead because the Cowboys wow. have been trailing all wow. damn year because the defense is a train wreck. They don't cause turnovers. They don't get to the quarterback. Alden Smith is the only guy that's getting serious pressure, which is amazing considering he'd been out of football for five years. And they are constantly in a situation on offense where late in the game, we got to score, we got to go for two, we got to potentially think about an onside kick. That's not sustainable. And, and Brandon, the reason that I won't give them the NFC East benefit of the doubt is this. Their goal yeah. is not to win the division. The goal is to make a yes, Super Bowl. Right. At the that's very right. least, make yeah. a conference championship game should be for the first yeah. time in a quarter Baby century. Steps. And that's why you should be like enough of this great amount yes. of curve because Washington, Philly, and the Giants stink. They're supposed to be competing with Green Bay and Seattle. And right now they don't look like they're in the that's same right. league as those teams, Brandon. And, and that's why they should be worried. I mean, I mean, the division is messy. Can they still make the playoffs? Absolutely. Can they win a division? Absolutely. But that, to your point, Nick, and you're 100% you're right, are you a contender or pretender? 
right? And, and now you're showing yourselves as a pretender. There's two alarming trends right now. And at this point of the season, week four, week five, we know who we are and what we need to fix. Now, can they fix these things? I don't know, but we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Turnovers and big plays. When you look at turnovers, they're, they're the worst in the league. They gave up nine, nine giveaways. Uh, when the worst uh, turnover differentiator, negative seven. And then they've given up 45 points off of those turnovers. So they need to fix those mistakes right now. They got to protect the ball. Job security is, 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 is critical uh, when it comes to winning games in the National Football League. And then when you look at big plays, they've given up 20 20-yard 20 plays, most in the NFL. They've given up tw six 20-yard touchdowns and four no, actually three 40-yard touchdowns. They cannot live to see another game, to see another win if they continue on these alarming trends. They got to fix this right now, Wilds, because this team, they have some things going for themselves. They got Dak Prescott, who's playing lights out. He may be playing better than any quarterback in the National Football League, and they're in the worst division in the league where they can still win it. Guys, I feel like you're all crazy. I feel like you, everyone's lost their minds on this show, Jenna. I, they're like, ah, should the, should Dallas Every be worried? I, I don't know. They should be 0-4. Yeah, they should be worried. <laughs> we're not we're not on this show don't be come, like, huh? I don't know. Don't Mike, what do you think about the Jets? What do you think about the Jets? Do you think the Jets can make it to Tampa for the Super Bowl? No! Obviously not! They're they're a a squib kick away in an epic mind-blowing meltdown from the Falcons of being 0-4. And we're sitting here being like, huh? Nick's like, I'm not I don't know, guys. I don't I take integrity. I might I'm not ready to give up on the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? Guys, you, it, they're is it over? Four. Is, it over, like, is it over, Wilds? Is it over, Wilds? Wilds is 7,000 yards to the Browns, and Jarvis Landry's out there like Johnny Unitas. Yeah, it's over. It's, it's done. You shouldn't be talking about that. It's bonkers. I'm sorry. Nick, tell me I'm wrong. Look, I mean, move off the Super Bowl. It's still, no, it's, my, it's, still, it's still early, Jenna. Go, Brandon, go. Yeah, it's no, early. No, it's still early. You just got to fix those two things. Exactly. <laughs> the only reason I brought up the division is because if there is a way for Mike McCarthy to figure something out with that defense, they have some cushion to work with. They have a division that's horrible. Yeah. They can't do anything. So they can trip okay. over themselves and they have that grace period of a this couple weeks. You know you have your quarterback. Wise. You know your offense. And you know you can come from behind. I'm yeah. sorry to stress you out, Wilds, but all they got to do, I know it's a, it's a large task, but if they can figure something no, out with that defense, then they got a team. Yeah, it's the yeah. turnovers. J Jenna, you know what the turnovers, scary part is. Turnovers, they can this. fix that. Go ahead, Mike. The, the scary part about all this is I think as you look around, as the Dallas Cowboys look around on defense and try to figure out who they can plug in, uh, who, who can, you know, create a spark on the defense, you know, other than Demarcus Lawrence and you know, Alden Smith, you know, you really don't have any guys. I mean, at this point in the season, you got guys banged up and you got guys on the simple scout team. Mike. The guys on the street, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. You got to simplify the defense. You got to play the man of zone, stick to it, because you don't really have too many options at this point. And it can really, it can go downhill from here. Where does Coach Nolan come so they, from? 
Where, where does Co Coach Nolan, down. Coach Nolan, where did he start? Where, where, where did he come from? This. He came from the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens, and they all run these these very wow. difficult. Yes, but before then, he used to run that that Baltimore Ravens defense, and they do so much, and they throw so much at you, and you can confuse yourself. They need to simplify. It, to your point, cover one, cover yep. two. You got a quarterback who can obviously go for 450 yards any given Sunday. Let him win the game for you. Just don't mess it up. Listen, the, the, Mike Nolan, if you remove the years he was coordinating the defense that had Ray Lewis playing middle linebacker, the highest level anybody's ever played the position, his resume ain't great. Mike, you mentioned Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence has as many sacks in his last 450 snaps as I do. And that's making $21 million a year. He's been a disaster since they gave him that deal. And Wilds, to your point, I actually agree with you 100%. I picked this team to go to the Super Bowl, and I look like a total buffoon. Because the NFL does a great job, Jenna, of, tr I don't want to say tricking, but mind-melding fans <laughs> into thinking their teams are always in it. Because there's eight divisions. So there's only four teams in a division. So you're only competing with three other teams. So no matter how bad you start the year, it's like, well, we're always alive in the division. That's great. That's a hell of a story if you are a team that came into the year saying, if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you're upset about the last two weeks, it's like, well, we're, at least, though, we're still maybe alive in the division because the goal was just make the playoffs. The Cowboys' goal was to make the Super Bowl for the first time in a quarter century, make the conference championship game for the first time in a quarter century. And this idea that they're a good nice. come-from-behind team, no, they're not. They've been behind all four games. They only won one of them. And it was thanks to the watermelon kick Wilds was talking about. They're actually not a good come from behind team. So, I, yeah, I agree with you, you got, Kevin, you, if I wasn't you, making that clear earlier. You, you got to adjust your goals sometimes. I wanted to be Oprah. It didn't work out, but I love what I do every day. So maybe they don't make it to the Super Bowl. Let's just try to get to the playoffs, and then we'll figure it out. Next up for the Cowboys, by the way, a barn burner in the division against the New York Giants. Uh, but when we come back, little Lakers, what happened to them last night? Oh, Jimmy Butler happened. Next, first things first. Mm-hmm. Big face. Tomorrow on FS1, the National League Division Series begins with a pair of Game 1s. The Marlins battle the Braves at 1 Eastern. Then you got Fernando Tatis Jr. leading the Padres against Mookie Betts and the Dodgers at 9. The NLDS Mookie. begins tomorrow only on FS1 and the Fox Sports app. We have so many great things happening in the wild world of sports. Mm. One of them, last night's mm. NBA Finals, Game 3. The Heat already down 0-2 in the series. Also down 0-2 starters, Bam and Goron. But they had Jimmy Butler, and that's all they needed. Jimmy putting up 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. One of only three players ever to have a 40-point triple-double in the finals, to give you some context. Heat get the win. 115-104. Our Chris Broussard joining us now. Broussard, you surprised the Lakers dropped a game to a shorthanded Heat team? No, not at all. I picked the Lakers to win this in five. Of course, like a lot of people, I thought maybe they'll sweep them, but my pick was five, so I'm not that surprised. More so than the tale of two teams, yesterday was the tale of three stars. And you mentioned Jimmy Butler with the 40-point triple-double. 
He joined Jerry West and LeBron James in doing that in the finals, but he's the only one to do it in a win. So congratulations yep. to Jimmy Butler. But this was three stars, one of them playing with complete and utter desperation, and the other two playing overconfidently, uh, being complacent a little bit at times, not executing the game plan, and just kind of going through the motions too often. And that's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. First to AD, he took nine shots, two free throw attempts. Now, he's been prone to do this in the playoffs. He had an eight-shot game against uh, Portland in the first round. He had a nine-shot and a 13-shot game against Houston. Of course, he had the two-rebound and the five-rebound games against Denver. So he's been prone to kind of disappear and just fade away. And I thought that was an issue yesterday on him, but also on the Lakers because they didn't look to get him involved early and get him going and set a tone. Then you have LeBron. I thought at times LeBron just forced the action a little too much. Not for the full 40 minutes that he played or whatever it was, but at times he got away from, I think, the game plan and just forced it too much. That's why I had the four turnovers early. They had 10 turnovers in the first 10 minutes, four of them on him. He had eight for the game. So I just thought the Lakers got away from the things that had got them the two-point lead because, like everyone else other than the Heat, they know it's over. They let down their guard, and uh, yeah. that's what happened. Their, their role players were good. Kuzma and Markeith Morris gave them 19 points apiece. You got to win yep. when they do that. So yep. a number of things. Bruce, I, I want to start with Jimmy Butler. This was the best finals game played by a non-historic super-duper star since Draymond's Game 7 in 2016 that actually ended in a loss. Like, we've seen all-time great finals performances over the last decade, but they've come from historic players. They've come from Kevin Durant. They've come from LeBron James. They've come from Dirk Nowitzki. We seeing a game like this goes on the all-time list with the best games for guys who aren't generational players. And Jimmy Butler, it is a vintage Jimmy Butler effort in this regard when everyone thinks the series is over, when you would imagine some Heat players might be quietly thinking, man, we're not winning this, and it sure would be nice to get the hell out of this bubble. Jimmy Butler guarantees their stay extends instead of to Tuesday until at least Friday. So he deserves credit for in a finals game being the best player on the court for a night when LeBron and Anthony Davis were on the court. Brandon, as far as what LeBron and Anthony Davis did, the eight turnovers by LeBron is unacceptable. Game two, he had 33-9-9 and with zero turnovers, a game where he was clearly concerned about the precision of. Game three, he was nonchalant. And Anthony Davis, it's even worse than the numbers Broussard had laid out. Only three shots in the, in the paint, only got to the free throw line once, only five rebounds. He was floating throughout the night. So I have, my level of concern is 0%. I also picked the Lakers to one in five. I think they will, I would be utterly and thoroughly shocked if they lose game four, oh, even if the Heat get their players back. But game, game three is about Jimmy yeah. Butler having an all-time great moment. He deserves all the credit in the world for it. 
Yeah, but the, but the issue, Nick, is that the Heat are without their two top players, right? So I go back to what we talked about previewing the finals. Nick, you talked about, oh, this is going to go down. This is going to be a five-game series, but we didn't expect their two top players to go down. Also, what was said, um, you know, we want we want to watch the 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 hottest offensive player in the bubble, the hottest defensive player in the bubble. Well, neither played last night. Bam didn't play, and I don't know where AD was. Chris, you also rolled out. You talked about for the Heat to win, they're going to have to get those scrappy those scrappy points. They're going to have to win at the line. Win at the line. They're going to have to get the loose ball. They're going to have to uh, out rebound the Lakers, and that's what they did last night. So when you look at this game, it comes down to those three things. But when you look at AD, where was AD? Like. You are the best player in the bubble right now, and you didn't show up. That's an issue. Jimmy Butler is a man out there. He went to his inner LeBron James, and he did whatever he wanted to do in the paint. And to me, that was the difference. I think this guy sets the tempo. Everyone's talking about him right now, but it's not about what he's doing in the bubble. It's what he did it before the season. And it was it was noted that, you know, he failed his conditioning test. It's one of the hardest conditioning tests in all the sports. And what followed after that was every, every morning at 4.30, he was the first one in there, the only one in there, until his teammates start coming in. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing, we're seeing a scrappy Miami Heat team that's overachieving, but they're really winning at the free throw line. They won on the floor. They won uh, uh, out-rebounding them. And that's what he talked about after that game. So, Wiles, I don't know about Big Face Coffee getting it done the next game, but he definitely uh, showed up big last <laughs> night. three games. Big Face? Did I have it written? Oh, I had it written. That's right. a bootleg Big Face Coffee thing there, but I, I Got I, I hope Jimmy can send us some mugs here. Look, I think there's three things. I think there's uh, the Lakers can run cold. They missed 28 threes, and they, were, they had that 0 for 13 streak in, in game two. So, yeah, they can run cold. They're careless with the ball. LeBron had a bunch of turnovers. They had 19 turnovers a team. And the snarl, the confidence from the Heat. And, Broussard, you mentioned it. Like, everybody thinks gentlemen sweep, oh, like, except the people on the Heat. So when this, you see yeah. this... Oh, Oof, a little poof hairdo. You know, I like guys with poofed hairdos. This is a yeah. little bit of something. I'm not going to say this is nothing. No, it's Jimmy's not. confident, and Tyler Hero starts looking <laughs> like this, Broussard. He went 17 last game, 17 game two, 14 game one. If he can give a little bit of this swag to Duncan Robinson, he got a little bit of a chance, Broussard. I don't know if that qualifies <laughs> as swag, with all due respect to Tyler, who I like, but that. It, I don't know. He's just one of those guys that can't look hard. I mean, come on. Look Jenna. at that. If the Lakers <laughs> yeah, exactly. are probably laughing at that. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah, when they watch that on rookie. TV, they, they are Nick. laughing no. at that. There's not, a lot of, there's not a lot of hard and fast rules in sports, but one of them is this. I you can't snarl until you can grow facial hair. I love you, Tyler Hero. <laughs> Put that away and don't take it back out. Like, that's, that, 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 that's like going to go, Jenna, right too. alongside Jimmy Butler saying, uh, you're in trouble. Uh, Let's see how that, that ages. All right, hang on. Right. I want to ask you about this before we break. Last 10 seconds of oh, the game, Christ. time was ticking off the clock. LeBron walks <laughs> off the court, headed for the locker room. He got asked about it after the game. Take a listen. Yeah, LeBron, when you walked off the court with about 10 seconds left, was that frustration or do you think the game was over? Uh, both. Not true. All right, Broussard, mm. LeBron's early exit. Wild says not true. What say you? Something or nothing? 
Uh, nothing as far as being a big deal, but I, I think it's something that the Heat are going to suffer from because I think it means LeBron is going to, you know, really think about this game. He's upset about it. He knows that they blew a chance to sweep this team, and I think he's going to come back in game four what, and put it on the what? Heat, especially with Jimmy Butler talking. This is just such a dumb story. <laughs> Watch the clock. Can we no. show it? Leave it here. Watch the clock. The, not the shot clock, the actual clock. LeBron is waiting. He's waiting. What does the clock go to? Zero. Oh, they cut me off. It goes to zeros. It goes 0.0, and he walks away. Then Scott Foster, because he's so pedantic at all times, is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> 0.7 back on the clock, boys, and LeBron's already gone. Like, this is so ridiculous. This Nick. is not a thing. It's not a well, thing. What about giving it's not a elbow fives? Yeah. Say nice Nick. job to the other Nick, staff. watching it, Nick, no, Nick, no, no, watching it live, I, I immediately thought about, like, how bad this is because LeBron is the ultimate leader. And then I went back to the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals against the Orlando Magic, and I was like, this reminds me of that. But then you, you, you showed us, man. LeBron was confused. It's, You're right. You're it's, right. It's the end we we, we got to take a break. Hands at the end we're going to talk about this more. Not after game three. We got so dumb. We got to switch gears. So talk dumb. some OBJ <laughs> on the other side. Cowboys, Browns, first things first. Thursday night football returns to Fox. Bucks and Bears Brady versus Foles. Little quarterback rematch from Super Bowl 52. All that action this Thursday on Fox NFL Network and streaming on Prime Video. All right, let's talk about last night's NBA Finals Game 3. The Heat were shorthanded last night. No Bam, no Goron, no problem for Jimmy Butler. Still had a 40-point, 11-rebound, 13-assist, triple-double as the Heat beat the Lakers in Game 3. 115-104 was your final. Nick, let me start with you. I know you predicted five for the Lakers, but with the Heat missing both yeah. Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo, you were surprised they were able to win this game? I wasn't surprised they won the game. I actually, before the game, bet the Heat to win this game, but I thought I was going to lose that bet when the Lakers took a lead in the fourth quarter. So I was surprised that after the yeah. Heat had built their big lead and the Lakers erased it, that the Lakers weren't able to finish it off. I, I, I understand the loss of Bam is massive for them, and the loss of Dragic is a big one, even though he didn't start you know, before the team got to the bubble. But let's not get it twisted. The best player, most important player on the Miami Heat is the one who starred last night. It's Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy, the story last night was Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler had an all-time, we're not getting swept performance. When a lot of other guys would have said, man, I'm ready to get home. I'm ready to, the bubble's been 90 days. We're not going to win the title. Jimmy Butler said, not today. And he's now one of the few people in the world who can say, I played in a finals game against LeBron James, and I was the best guy on the court. And so all the credit in the world to him. LeBron was sloppy with the basketball. Yeah, he had 25, 10, and 8, but he also had another 8, which is turnovers, which can't happen. And Anthony Davis had 15 points, and he had as many turnovers as he had rebounds, 5. So it was a bad game by the Lakers' two stars. It was a brilliant performance by Jimmy, and the Heat deserve a ton of credit. Now, I do not think they will win another game, and Brandon, I would be shocked 
even if Bam and Goron come back, if the Heat win game four. I expect the Lakers to impose their will in game four, but good for the Miami Heat. After such a great run in the bubble, they deserve to not be swept, and Jimmy Butler made sure last night they wouldn't be swept. All right, all right. How do we fact check this? Did you bet before the series, or did you bet like yesterday or two days ago that the Heat would win this series? I need to know because they got two of their biggest stars not playing. So it was before the series, I bet Heat or Lakers in five. And last night, after a rough NFL gambling day, did I maybe put a little bit on the Heat money line to try to get some back? I did. Am I glad that they ended? So was I a little conflicted? I'm like, am I rooting so for LeBron? Wasn't am I rooting for my pick? It wasn't an educated best uh, uh, bet. It was an impulsive so wager that paid off. It was important. <laughs> a little chasing, a little chase. Yeah, I mean, yeah. go ahead, Brad. I mean, for me, for me, when we start previewing uh, this series, I, I, you know, the, the first thing I highlighted was, you know, the the best offensive player in the bubble and the best defensive player in the bubble, Bam and AD. And I said this earlier, neither one showed up. Bam due to injury, AD foul trouble, uh, and just didn't play well. Didn't take shots, 15 points, and then a uh, 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 bad five rebounds. Like, uh, you know, when you have, you know, to me, the best player in the bubble right now uh, playing like that, you have no chance because LeBron's only one guy, and he did get some help off the bench. But when you got Butler doing what he's doing on the other side, then you got Tyler Hero, me mugging everybody and playing the way he played in defining moments in that game. Uh, it's, it's just tough to win. So when I look at the Miami Heat, it starts with Butler, and it starts with his identity and his leadership and how he galvanizes that entire locker room. Whilst to me, you know, he had a great night last night, but for him to do it again is saying a lot, is asking a lot. I don't think he gets it done next game. Oh, he could do it. No, he could do it, buddy. He could do it. <laughs> I, I think it comes Big down to his do BCs. <laughs> Yeah, they could do it. He could easily do that again. It was odd that he didn't take a three and that Anthony Davis and LeBron never, like, ah, switch up on him. Like, let's stop all these points in the paint, these little mid-range jumpers that he's hitting. But he could easily have that again. And I think we've seen the formula to how to beat the Lakers. Like, the Lakers run cold. They missed 28 oh, threes on. last night. They were cold for the entire... They were, Nick. They were cold for that entire early bubble that you called the feel-out game, so those stats didn't count. Yeah. They went 0 for 13 at one stretch in game two. They can run cold. They're careless with the ball. LeBron had a bunch of turnovers. Playoff Rondo was just regular season Rondo, so maybe he comes back. They had 19 total. And then... It's the confidence of big face coffee in the in the squad. I should have had coffee as another C. When you see Ooh, Tyler man. Hero, oh, oh my no. goodness. <laughs> He's this is looking like NFL films this. if you put some Tiffany drums behind it. Here comes Tyler Hero. Give a look, take a little bit of that and give it to Duncan Robinson so he can start his hitting some shots. They can pull it off, Nick. They can do a little bit of something and, and okay, mess up your gentleman's so sleep. Look at this intimidating. Listen, put put this snarl right alongside Jimmy Butler's quote after the Heat took a nine-point lead late saying, and I quote, let me get it right, you're in trouble. Now, after the game, he was like, no, I was just saying what LeBron said back to him. Responding. The difference yeah. is, Jimmy, yeah. when LeBron says it, he's right, and when you said it, it's going to be used against you, just like this, this clean-shaven snarl oh. from Tyler Hero. If yeah, AD but, it's shows them, but Jimmy up. wasn't talking if about AD Jimmy was up. not talking about you're in trouble for the game. It was when the game was decided, he was talking about you're in trouble for the series. LeBron, on the other hand, after the game said, Yeah, I'm not concerned. 
So I just think this is nice. Put this in the same bucket of game one Blazers, right. game one Rockets, game three Nuggets, where it gives some people some hope. But Lakers and five's always been the play. All right, let's round out this morning, finish up down in Dallas. This one lived up to the billing. Dak throwing for 500 yards for the first time, adding four Ooh. scores, but three turnovers Jeez. cost the Cowboys big time. Dak and Zeke fumbled on back-to-back -back plays in the first half, which led to two Cleveland touchdowns. And then Dak had the Cowboys driving late down 11, but was picked off by Denzel Ward to seal it. Cowboys take the L. They stumble to a one and three start. So, Brandon, how worried should Cowboys fans be with the one and three start? I mean, they should be worried because, uh, you know, Nick talked about it earlier. It's not about making the playoffs because they can do this in this messy division. It's about them winning the Super Bowl. You know, we've been talking about it for the past six, seven years, how good this team is. And they just, they don't, they, you know, they never show up. Uh, but it's time for this defense to help out Dak. Dak is playing lights out. Yeah. Come on. Going for it. He's averaging this year 425 yards passing. He's having an MVP year. They just don't have the number one stat, and that's that, that W in the win column. So when you think about the two things that they have to fix in these two alarming trends, it's turnovers and it's big plays. And I tried to hit this point all day. I'm just going to say this. Just look up the stats when it comes to turnovers. They're the worst in the, major, in the top three major categories in turnovers. And then on big plays, they're giving up the most 20-yard plays, 20-yard touchdowns, 40-yard touchdowns. They need to fix that. If I'm Coach Nolan, I just condense what they're doing on the defense in a defensive package, simplify everything, because let the offensive guys and Dak Prescott lead the way. Just don't give up the big play and you'll be fine. If, if, if I'm Coach Nolan, what? I want to see if I can get a time machine in 2003 Ray Lewis, because the only time a Mike Nolan coordinated defense has been good has been when Ray Lewis is patrolling the middle of the field. Short of that, I think the yeah. defense might be in trouble. To Brandon's point, what they're bad at is the, the two worst things a team can possibly be bad at. What's That's the right. worst thing an offense can do? Turn the ball over. Who does it more than anyone in football? The Cowboys. All right, on the other side, what's the That's worst right. thing that a defense can do? Give up huge plays. Who does that more than any team in football? The Cowboys. It's a disaster. Yep. Yep. The only wild, yeah. <laughs> the only person who looks worse today than Cowboys defensive coaches and players is this guy right here who picked this team to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't care if they can win the division because the, the division stinks. This defense is a train wreck, and it's really cutting into what otherwise could be a really good Dak Prescott year, Wilds. Yeah, That's Jedi, right. I think this is bonkers. They've been down 7, 20, 15, and 27. And we're like, ah, should they be worried? Yeah, they should be 0-4. They should be with the Jets <laughs> yeah. and the Giants. And we're not talking about like, oh, Nick, I don't know. Giants Super Bowl, little bump in the road for uh, Joe Judge <laughs> and Danny Dimes at 0-4. They're not good. Of course we should be worried. <laughs> They're done. Lower the bar a little. Instead of Super Bowl, maybe win the division, which is incredibly doable. My two maybe daughters win could win the NFC these days.